the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Still celebrating Easter, and then where are we at with online church attenders? You're listening to The Common Good. Happy Monday, friends. Welcome to The Common Good here on AM 1160. Hope for your life. Alongside Aubrey Sampson, my name is Brian Fromm. It is the day after Easter. So glad that you're joining us. Hope that you had a great Easter Sunday. And uh, now we are back at it. Aubrey, tell me all about your Easter. How was your weekend? Oh, man, we had a great weekend. Actually, Kevin took the boys to see his dad on Saturday, and they did a big egg hunt and had so much fun. And I had the house to myself. Aubrey's so dream I Easter. also had a lot of fun. <laughs> it was amazing. And then um, yesterday, two services, which were both full and lively and full of energy. And then because, you know, we had celebrated with family Saturday or Kevin had, we just had a day with the boys to ourselves, And it was so fun. We played games. We sat outside. We um, watched some, you know, Kevin and I watched a movie last night. Like, it was just a great kind of quiet afternoon. And here's the thing, Brian. I'm dying to hear your thoughts on this because you had two services. We had two services. Normally, we have one. Normally, Mm -hmm. you have one. That's right. Kevin and I were exhausted. Tired. Tired. Like, I could not believe how tired I was, like, 7, 7.30 p.m. I mean, wow. If we have to move to two services... You, yeah, we were two services before COVID. Right. Then that that's so were we a uh, little bit further before COVID. And so that was the day that was the weekly rhythm. But I'm with you. I finished the first one. I was like, got to do that again. <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> <laughs> I know. So I was thinking like, OK, if we ever go back to two services in the future, like Kevin and I got to get some like most muscle built up for that you know what i mean it's a it is definitely a skill it's true yeah easter was a blast it was uh like you said two services and the first one felt very normal like good size and the second one was out the door it was just okay yeah. we didn't split these up necessarily well but it was wonderful uh and uh it, it's just a lot of fun easter is just mm. you wake up uh, you know, we did a Good Friday service, and that's also a great service, but for a different reason. Like it's uh, like the yeah. but man, Easter is such a celebration, and everybody's happy. You're all hugging each yeah. other, and you're doing this and that. Love it, uh, love th- it. And then we were with family yesterday, but I've got you know my daughter home this weekend. She's going back today, and so we had that uh, kind of fun as well. So yeah, it's just an awesome, nice. and the weather's finally good. Like. I mean, it was. Uh, we were sitting outside yesterday. It was crazy. I know it was fabulous. I actually like sat and just like read outside. My son drew outside. We went to lunch and sat outside. Like it was. We walked to a restaurant. Like it was fabulous. Yeah. So I'm was, very happy about this warm weather we're gonna have. So this was this weekend for me was the best of times and worst of times. I told you something happened that. Yeah, I I'm not, so I curious about this. I purposely am not telling you until telling you so you can people can hear your reaction. So best of times. Okay. Easter, Good Friday, family together, daughter home, baseball games, all this stuff. Like, right? It was all wonderful. Yeah. 
uh, worst of times, got in a car accident on Saturday. <gasps> no! Are you okay? <laughs> oh, I'm totally fine. What totally happened? Fine. Uh, never supposed to admit guilt, right? But uh, but uh, <laughs> uh, guilt was not shared in this one. We'll okay. put it that way. Uh, uh, gotcha. It was just, I was uh, pulling out onto Ogden Avenue from the side road and uh, saw this car come in, and out of the corner of my eye, I thought it was turning because it was going really slow onto the road that I was on. Uh, so I looked the other way, and then I pulled out, but that car was not turning. It was, in fact, starting oh, no. to speed up. Uh, oh, no. Just an honest mistake, and, and it was yeah. – I turned at the perfect time where she couldn't stop. Oh, I couldn't oh, speed up. And oh, she I'm got me. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I haven't been in a car accident. Yeah, since that's a minor scary. one in college. Were you, were you, I mean, you're obviously okay, but were you a little shaken up? And is the car okay? Like, so I was more mad because yeah. we had all, you know, you're already like, it's a busy weekend. Yeah. I was like dropping my daughter off at softball practice. And then like an hour yeah. or two later going to my son's baseball game that I was uh, looking forward to. And, yeah. and it was just like, it was just avoidable, right? Like it had just yeah. been avoidable. And so I was more mad. I was totally fine. The car is not okay. It will be okay. But she got, she was funny. I have like a bigger car. And yeah. she had this little tiny car, but because it was tiny, she hit in just the perfect spot on my wheel that it, like, messed the wheel up. Oh. And so it had to get towed. And uh, there's a funny part to this story, I'll tell you a second, but the cops had to come. You're sitting there. So now I have a rental car. I had to go sit at the rental car place on Saturday to get the rental car. And you're just like, uh, of, you know, now you're dealing with deductibles and insurance yeah. and all of this stuff. It will all be fine. Uh, but you ready for the funny thing? Like the lady, I was like, yeah. oh, and also like, I was like, is she going to be ticked? Like her car was fine. Right. Right. Uh, her car. And she'll need bumper work and this and that. But I was like, is she going to be mad? We had pulled into the side street to yeah. you know, exchange information and get the, uh, uh, get the police there. And I walked over and I was like, you know, we're chatting and she was totally cool about it. Oh, good. Yeah. Uh, it eventually got to the point. Police came. He kind of walked us through stuff. Uh, one of us got a ticket. It wasn't her. <laughs> and so, uh, the tow truck took the car and she's like, uh, can I drop you off at home? <laughs> oh, that's nice. Goodness. Nice what a good neighbor. That I, got, that I got in a car accident with drove <laughs> wow. me to my house. Are you serious? Yes. Are you serious? Wow, Brian. We chatted, so, I love that, actually. It, Were you like, come to my church on Easter no, Sunday? No, at that point, I was just too mad. Were you like, do you know my friend Jesus? <laughs> I was just too mad. I was like, oh, you just oh. gave me a sermon illustration of grace and forgiveness right Absolutely. here. Absolutely. Boom. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, now there's... It's just a, uh, it's just yeah, a headache. Yeah, it's a pain. Now I, you I'm don't, sorry. You have this insurance claim, and your car is at the. Is your car in the shop? It is, but I just got a call mm. from the shop that the place they dropped it off at is they don't have any. Get this, the guy's like, oh, Aubrey, oh. he leaves me a message while I'm preaching during Easter. No, I'm like, well, that's what I do. Easter morning, <laughs> and so. I have to call him. Uh, I left him another message today, but I have to call him today. Uh, but he's like, hey, uh, they dropped your car here. Because all I'd, State Farm was like, here's one of our places. We'll have it taken there. I'm like, great, whatever. Yeah. And the guy's like, uh, I would suggest you take it somewhere else because we don't have any openings or we could get to your car in mid-May. <laughs> what? Are you? 
you kidding? Like, Are oh, you kidding? We're going to need to get that toad somewhere we're else. We're going to need to go someplace else. Oh, so and then did you have to pay for a second toe? I don't have to pay for a second toe. Oh, okay, okay. okay uh, that's good. why we have insurance. So, yeah, yeah, it was weird. Like, I just haven't been in an accident. Literally, I got in a fender bender when I was in college. And to the yeah. best of my knowledge, that's the last one I got into. Man. And so now you're like Ugh. all skittish. You're like, Ugh. I know. I hate that feeling after a so wreck. Have you ever been in like, an accident? Ooh. It's been a very long time also. I was in an accident in high school, just a small, it was my fault. I rear-ended somebody as a 16-year-old, right. you know. And then in college, or no, my, actually it wasn't college. It was like early marriage before kids, somebody rear-ended me. And so ne- none of them have been serious, right. but it does like, it shakes you a little bit, right? And uh, when I, when we were little, my my we were all in the car and a woman ran a four-way stop and just ran my dad was driving ran into us and like the car spun that was the scariest accident i'd ever been in but otherwise praise jesus we've been pretty safe but you know what i don't i don't actually like i'm a little like um superstitious because i feel like when you talk about car accidents like we are now like Uh-oh. i'm gonna get in one now so i'm just like well, trying not to be superstitious my, my apologies for that but yeah it it's just I'm glad you're okay, though. Yeah, once uh, you know, I have like some uh, some just like back issues, you know this, and uh, oh, after yeah. the adrenaline wore off, I would I didn't hurt anything, but I was like telling Carrie, I'm like I'm sore, like because oh, you know yeah. your muscles tense up when you're about to get it. So totally. I, nothing bad. I didn't get hurt at yeah. all. But you're like, yeah, oh, like I'm just kind of sore, and uh-huh. so uh-huh. it was so it was it was more than anything just annoying. Like really, yeah, we had our whole sorry. weekend planned out, and now I uh, did this to the car. Uh, and uh, I was like, sorry. "Is there a way I can make this an Easter sermon uh, uh, illustration?" No, <laughs> it doesn't really work. That lady driving you, I feel like that works. Did you? Do you have to get a rental car? Yeah, I have one. So okay, my insurance. We have State Farm, and it's like fifty bucks a day, and it ends up being like they'll cover like. 20 days or something so we'll see it was just craziness so great time glad that you're with us here on easter monday or is it easter monday i guess last week's easter monday the monday after easter coming up next aubrey online church let's circle back and talk about an interesting report came out we're going to discuss that next year on the common good am 1160 hope for your life aubrey putting you on the spot easter monday commemorating what is the commemoration of easter monday I think one of the the biggest things, there are several things to focus on, but one that comes to mind is Jesus appearing to Mary Magdalene That's and right. she thinks he's the gardener, right? Which is so, there's so much, I don't know, there's so much biblical richness in that, right? Like Jesus, the king of the world, assuming he's this humble gardener. And in fact, he is a humble king. The fact that it's a garden image and it kind of harkens back to the garden of Eden and then she speaks his name or you know and she's like oh, rabbi it's you and I and then he you know he's like hey don't be afraid so there's that don't be afraid motif that we see all throughout scripture like it's so powerful and then of course as a woman him appearing to not a family member not one of the 12 disciples but to her first and then like women become the first declarers of the resurrected christ there's so much goodness in and richness in easter monday i feel like i could write a book about it <laughs> go for it, go for it. <laughs> i do there, I will. the longer i'm at this the more i'm like man there are so many stories from the easter season that you're like yeah i can't explain that for you like i can't yeah like again mary magdalene how, how did she think it was the gardener i suppose it makes how did she sense. think it was the gardener or, yeah uh 
Easter Saturday, like Saturday of Easter weekend. And where exactly did right. Jesus go? What does that where passage mean? Go? First Peter. Yep. It, oh, and I know fascinating. You, you can write books about that one as well. <laughs> so, well, Kevin, Kevin said this a little bit yesterday in his sermon. It wasn't the main point, but kind of a side note, like, you know, we can't, we can't explain or try to wrap up the resurrection or it wouldn't be the resurrection. You know what That's I mean? Right. Like this, it's so beyond our, God is so beyond our ability to like package and make sense of, especially the resurrection. So it's one, you have to sort of just take it in faith and go, okay, wow. That's you know, true. and just wonder at it rather than try to explain That's it or make true. sense of it. We're going to talk about church here in a second. This might be, I can I get you in trouble here? Let's ask a question. So you and your yeah. husband both preach at your church. You're used to speaking. Right. You speak a lot. Mm-hmm. Do you listen to your husband's sermon or judge your husband's <laughs> sermon? Both and. Both and. For sure. And he knows. I mean, I'm not going to be in trouble. It's both and. Like, sometimes I'm listening um, as a partner in let's both get better at this. Yep. Here's the way I think you should have. Ooh, first service, you really said this. And I wish you would have been clearer about, you know. Which I know he loves. Um, and then, or even timing, like you went too long, babe. You got to get yeah. tighter. You know, that kind of stuff. Sometimes, and this is, you and I have talked about this. I do this at every church. That's I'm right. like, oh, I would have said it this way. Oh, man, you missed an amazing thing there. Oh, that was good. Yes. I got to use that. You know what I mean? Yes. And then, And then what I tried to do, and I tried to do this yesterday, is just like take notes and learn. Like, you know what I mean? Like, just because he's my husband. This sounds so bad, what I'm about to say. Just because he's my husband doesn't mean I can't learn from him. <laughs> <laughs> so I totally get it, though, because I've told you, uh, not with, like, big, famous preachers at conferences, but, like, just regular pastor friends of mine or whatever. Mm-hmm. I have a hard time just listening and being a parishioner. Isn't it terrible? And just in. It's terrible. And so I'm trying to place myself in the situation of if that were my spouse, <laughs> it probably gets <laughs> ultra Because I struggle with exactly what you're saying. Yeah, but I'm not right. married to any of the people, and so you know. So right, they- and then I have to remember, like, okay, you know, you know that. I mean, lots of pastors write on this. This is not a secret, but like the kind of post sermon letdown yes. can be very real, and it can be very dark, and like the enemy just comes after you. I think, and like you start to wonder, like, should I even open my mouth again? You know, on your worst days, right? That's right. Of course, on your good days, you go, okay, Holy Spirit, you're strong when I'm weak. Awesome. Do what you do, you know, but on your worst days, it can, you sort of question your whole like vocation and calling. (laughs) And so I have to remember that space too, for my husband. And just like, sometimes I have to stop and be like, you did such a good job. Thank you so much. You know, and just like, (laughs) don't go straight into like fix it mode. Is there a point you would like me to give you uh, constructive feedback on? Right. Do we wait a few more days? But he did a great job yesterday. I did take notes. I tried to be very present and not, you know, be an out, be a critiquer. Just be, just receive the word of God. What he didn't expect is you coming down the aisle at the, uh, Uh, at the altar call like that probably threw him a little bit that did throw him when i was like i want to get baptized i'm in i'm in uh speaking of church christianity today ran just today a a fascinating article about something that was we were all obsessed with but i haven't really thought much about recently and that is online church attendance Mm. And how do we as pastors you and i both we say small medium-sized churches like mm-hmm. what, how has, cause pandemic we're, we're 
filming everything. We're streaming everything yeah. and people yeah. are watching at home. How has it been? We're now multiple years out of the pandemic. I'll share mm-hmm. you know, instead of asking for me. I don't feel like there's that many people watching every now and then people from church yeah. will be like, hey, it was great to catch yeah. up. Hey, I watched this and I'm always encouraged. But this article is kind of like, you know, there's there's still some areas of the country where they're seeing lots of people online to the point that churches are needing to really strategize for their online people. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's a two years ago conversation in my church. What about for you guys? Yeah, it's funny. We kind of we made a switch maybe a year ago, Brian, where we were like, you know, filming content in our quote unquote studio. It's really a room in one of our offices. We put a like a green screen behind right. or a white screen behind. Um, we switched to just filming the services and then they play a week later. Oh. So you weren't getting you aren't getting fresh content online. You're getting last week's sermon. Okay. Right. Because we just couldn't keep up with like recording something in advance and then or like live streaming we just don't have the setup yet for that so this ended up being like the best thing for the team we had and it's been great but part of the reason why we did that is because we were seeing the online numbers dwindle 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 that it was like we don't need to spend all of this extra time and all of this extra staff energy to create a new studio service or even a fresh live stream service each and every week when there aren't that many people watching and we wanted people to come back. Like if you want the week content, like come back into church. Yeah. But here's what's interesting. Yesterday I met a college student came into renewal church with her mom. And I said, Oh, is it your first time to renewal? It's so great to see you. And they said, you know, my daughter's a student at uh, the school in Champaign. Is that university Illinois. of Illinois? Yes. Okay. Uh, she said, my daughter watches your sermons online, your services online, and wanted to come when she was home on Easter break. So here we are. So that kind of blew my wow. mind. Like, whoa, somehow a college student has accessed Renewal Church online and actually came. So, you know, you never know. I don't think it has to be the main thing, but you don't know what God is doing. Yeah. Recently, we had somebody who a guy comes to our church and he's like my adult daughter's family grandkids and everything they're here this week because that that they watch our service every week and i was like and they were all like hey yeah we love listening to you i was like what what that, that's wow. crazy but i do broadening this a little bit do you ever tire of the constant conversation of how to change church like we got to be online uh, we got to be micro churches we got to be missional churches we got to be this or am i like too stuck in my ways of like, no, we do have to constantly be thinking and strategizing and how are people now? Because sometimes I just get tired of it and I just want to be like, we're going to do church the way we do church and we've always done church and and that's all all I can handle. Like sometimes I get really energized be thinking about like, ooh, what can the church be? What can we do? Like, so sometimes I actually love it and then other times I'm with you like, can we just like keep doing what we're doing? That's right. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. And in one sense, like sort of the traditional Sunday morning service is a cultural thing that we understand. But then you look at like a friend of ours who's been on the show, um, the pastor of the Disney church, where they don't even have a Sunday service because people are working and God's doing amazing things there. So I think it's it's fun, but the strategy piece can get tiring. That's right. So online church, other types of churches, uh, still a conversation. And I, I was just surprised to read the article because I don't feel like for us it's much of a conversation. I should say, before we close, 
Uh, we do it differently than you. We just live stream. We stick it on Facebook and YouTube. And yeah. There's no nice. editing. It goes up. It it we move on to the next week. Yep. <laughs> like there's yep. nothing that that's happens. simple. That's nice. Yeah. And, I like that. Uh, honestly, we really just do it for a couple of the people who are kind of more homebound and we're like, all right, we're gonna do it for them. Uh, but apparently there's more people watching than we know. So it's always good to keep in mind. David French wrote about political violence the other day. We're going to discuss that mm. here on The Common Good. AM 1160, hope for your life. Did you follow? I know there was a lot going on this weekend, Easter, mm-hmm. other things. But at the end of last yep. week, uh, did you see the story of uh, former NCAA swimmer Riley Gaines? Did you follow that story at all? I did not okay. until you and I started talking about it off air. So fill the people in like me who missed this story because it's pretty wild. Yep. Riley Gaines uh, was speaking at San Francisco State University. She is uh, a record-setting NCAA swimmer uh, who is a very outspoken critic of transgender athletes being permitted to compete uh, in divisions that they self-identify with. So, right, basically okay. – and she has a history here. She became she came in second place. Uh, was it last year? Uh, the transgender swimmer by the name of Leah Thomas, I believe, who uh, was a biological male swimming in the uh, women's mm. NCAA swim meets and annihilated yeah. everybody like. Yeah, of course. Record of course. set national championships, all this. Well, the second place finisher in one of the events was Riley Gaines. And so uh, Riley Gaines knows of what she speaks, but she has become pretty active in speaking on college campuses, speaking out. And so uh, the other day, this was on Thursday, she was giving a speech at San Francisco State University. uh, And it was there was already some tension, right? Anytime you got Turning Point USA and these kinds of things, there's going to be tension. Uh, Mm. But she was reportedly forced to barricade herself in a room for three hours for her own safety when student protesters became violent and unruly. You can watch all of this. It was live streamed by some of the protesters, but also by her. She had her phone out. Uh, There were some of the protesters saying that they wouldn't let her go till they got money. There was she Mm. wasn't physically assaulted in terms of like really beat up, but a lot of like pushing Grabbing, scare, you take, wow. put yourself, especially as a Terrifying. woman, in a stage I mean, that's like scary. that. No, no, no. And so she scary. gave the speech and was trying to get out to then catch her flight. She missed her flight. Uh, wow. So she's going to bring legal action. But here's what's amazing, or for some people, it might not be amazing. Uh, mm-hmm. The administration, or at least some of the higher ups at San Francisco State University, sided with the protesters. No. Yes. And so that's just got her going more. She's like, I'm taking legal action. Uh, And you are increasingly seeing this stuff where uh, people who are coming to speak, say, on something. uh, It seems to especially happen on college campuses, but where it's going to be controversial, where they're getting uh, shouted down so they can't speak. uh, Getting uh, mob mentality kind of a. Mm -hmm. And so we're seeing this a lot. Uh, Mm. especially, I don't know, we're going to tackle this at some point, uh, this debate about sexuality and specifically in the uh, transgender movement seems to be the focal point for a lot of this right now. Wow. Um, But then you go back, we are not very far removed from January the 6th and people mad about the election and rising up. And it's caused David French to retweet an article at, at the National Review 
Uh, and French basically said, hey, can we all he said, this is utterly inexcusable. I'm tired of how the debate over political violence always devolves into who's worse. Condemn it all. None of it mm. is justified. That mm. seems like a pretty good statement that I want to be like, oh, amen. No matter what you believe, can we all yeah. as a civil, I'm using air quotes, civil society, right. agree that violence is never okay, whether it's over uh, sexuality, whether it's over an election that you're mad about, whether it's over race issues, whether it's over whatever it is, violence is right. never the issue right. or never the uh, but yet, when you saw the the response from San Francisco State University going, nope, we're okay with it because of what she said was inflammatory. Mm-mm. What Mm-mm. she said inflamed the crowd. And I, I'm going to side with French here. No matter what side of the aisle, no matter what it is, uh, things devolving into, quote, unquote, political violence uh, is never going to be okay for our society. Yeah, like it— it's always okay to protest. Like yeah. I, that is not a problem. It is always okay to march. It is always okay to like, is Martin Luther King Jr. did peacefully protest. And that doesn't mean it wasn't full of uh, aggression and emotion and intensity, but uh, good protest does not result in violence and hurting people. And so I, this is, I'm so shocked that the school would support again, I would say, yeah, support your right for free speech, support your right to protest students. But when we start laying hands on the person we're against, as angry as we are, absolutely not. Now you've crossed the line. And I think French is right. Like, this cannot be about whose side you're on, who's worse at this, whatever. I mean, I feel this way with Nancy Pelosi's husband. Like, it's violence is just never, 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 never the right option, especially in America. Like, I, I don't. I don't know how it's justifiable. I do understand the anger. I do understand wanting justice, wanting righteousness, like all of that. But, uh, you know, I'm going to take the side of Riley Gaines in this, that this should not have happened to her. She shouldn't be locked in a space because out of fear. I mean, it's terrifying. It's terrifying. What's interesting is uh, some of the replies that he got. And this shouldn't surprise us on Twitter. Uh, right. Yeah. Uh Megan, uh, what's her name? Basham. I, I'm probably saying her name incorrectly. She loves to poke at David French all the yeah. time. Yeah. Uh, she was like, are there really two sides to this? Or was it just January 6th, two years ago, where it was on the right? Well, that's a big one. <laughs> like That's a, uh, that's a big uh, one. The insurrection at the Capitol, and in, calling it just January 6th, two years ago, is ridiculous. And in me. many ways that ushered in. But let me also tell you, Ari, what I find disheartening and and troubling is when people are on the what is quote unquote the wrong side of where the culture is say riley Gaines with these trans activists Mm -hmm. or whatever Mm -hmm. we've now seen multiple times where there have been assaults or pressure or mob mentality where the police seem kind of uh scared to jump in because you're like yeah gosh what's going to come our way what's Hmm. You know, what's the backlash going to be? And and that is there's got to be a rule of law in our culture. There has to be a rule of law that says no matter how angry you are, physical violence should end with you in prison. 
it should end with you yeah, arrested. I think that's fair. And it doesn't right. matter how much you feel about something. You can't write mm-hmm. about it. You can't mob mentality. You can't storm the Capitol. You can't right. do right. all of these things. You should get arrested for it. And I, yeah. Yeah. I don't know why that's at all controversial. But if you watch the news lately, it seems to be a controversial take that David French took. It is a strange thing. And I'm kind of taking the conversation in a different way. But like how do we express anger in a way that like you said is lawful and appropriate and doesn't harm the other right like because again we believe in free speech in our country that's a what a lot of people are very passionate about but how do we do it in such a way that it that it really isn't dehumanizing the person you're disagreeing with and i think that's a question on small um, like micro conversations, even across the table with friends and family members that you disagree with, but certainly at a political level and a national level and a lawful level, legal level, you know, what does that actually look like? Like, What kind of anger is okay to express? And I would agree with you that it just seems like violence should not be on the table as a legal option, period. There you go. There you go. Uh, Tomorrow, remind me, I'm going to bring up a story Uh, of a conversation I had with a very devout Christian that I think gets at this for Christians. Uh, Mm. But let me tease it. This person said in the course of our conversation, I'm done with civility. We are at war. Oh, okay. Wow. That was from a very committed Christian in the, how they are now kind of going towards culture and towards society. File that away, ruminate on that tonight. And we're going to talk about that. Uh, tomorrow coming up next let's have some let's have some good news let's hear some inspiration i want to play a really short snippet from glenn packiam's easter sermon tomorrow just like hmm. 10 or 20 seconds but i i want to discuss what he said in his easter sermon next year on the common good aim 1160 hope for your life hopefully you had a wonderful easter and uh, are looking forward to a little bit of normalcy. Like my wife was like, what's your week look like? I was like, I don't know. After Easter, it's kind of a blur. <laughs> <laughs> it, just like kind of nothing. Just kind of normal. Like just like go to work I and know. Like, eat and like hang out. Yeah. You don't have this <laughs> Do Easter. Do you feel a letdown after Easter a like as a pastor? You know, because you've kind of jokingly called it this pastor Super Bowl. Right. Do you feel sort of like uh, any depression? I mean, that's a strong word, but any like you know, mountaintop to the valley. Any of that? I think I think there is. I think I'm better at that now than I used to be. If you're a pastor out there listening, can I just tell you a just some hard truth? Going to be a lot less people in your church this Sunday than last Sunday. <laughs> Isn't it true? Like, I feel like pastors are like, oh, man, we're going to have a second service now. Yes. And we're going to it's going to be so. And yeah, it's going to be wet. In fact, it'll probably be down from yes. what it normally is because people will go. I went to church on Easter. I don't have to go this Sunday. That couldn't. So be I don't e- I feel like give it give it like two to three Sundays and then you kind of know what the reality of your your congregation is. Definitely reach out to the visitors who came. Uh, yes, show love, absolutely. But, but I, so many pastors, and when I was especially younger, I got caught in this think, well, we are going to take all this momentum out of Easter, and now we're going to be like double that. We're going to keep going. It just doesn't work that way. So <laughs> just be prepared. Hey, before we jump into what we're going to talk about, I do want to remind you that Outreach Ministries is celebrating 50 years of transforming lives and communities. 
You can join them for an evening of worship with Grammy-nominated and Dove Award winner Carrie Job on Saturday, April 22nd at Willow Creek in South Barrington. Now, AM 1160 is giving away tickets. So to enter to win, visit 1160hope.com. The keyword is Job. 1160hope.com. Keyword J-O-B-E. Job. Job. Love Carrie Job. That's going to be a great event. That's right. That's right. All right. Uh, thought it'd be fun to hear from one or two pastors and their Easter sermons today. So, uh, and I, nice. I think this was from her, from his Easter sermon, but Glenn Packiam, who has been on the show before, we're big fans of Glenn Packiam. Uh, I want you to just hear a 20 second snippet of what he said. Maybe you're here this morning and you're like, I got loads of questions and I wonder if God can handle them. You come to God with questions. He comes to you with scars. He says, okay, I've got the suffering wounds and the scars. I'm not afraid of your questions. I've already made myself weak and vulnerable before you. And so come near, come near, come near, come near. All right, Aubrey, he says he's talking about questioning. Mm, And, uh, you know, we come at Jesus with our questions. He comes to us with his scars. That's a very tweetable line. Hence, I found it on Twitter. Uh, oh, appropriate. This idea of coming to God with our questions. Mm-hmm. Why do we really struggle with that? I'm assuming people struggle with that. Why do we struggle with, man, going to God with my questions, with my doubts, with my confusions is actually the way to do this. Yeah, I I honestly think we have not been formed in the good old evangelical West to have any type of what this is, is lament, any type of lament as part of our Christian faith. And historically, like literally like old Testament on lament, which is part of this. I mean, cycle of what it meant to have a relationship with God. Like even, 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 uh, Jewish culture has, uh, I think it's Tisha B'Av or Tasha B'Av, which is a day every year that is set aside as a day of lament to remember the horrors, including the Holocaust, that the Jewish people have been through. That's part of the annual sort of like, quote unquote, church calendar, spiritual calendar. And we just have not been formed in that way for some reason. I think part of this American culture and kind of our like, you know, pull up bootstraps and see the mountaintop. And part of it is I do think we want to be faithful to praise and worship and we want to uh, bring our, our joy to God. But I just feel like we have not, this is changing. The tide is changing, but we have not been set free even biblically to go, Oh wait, I can bring all of this stuff to God. And he actually wants all of this. Mm. And God would rather me come to him with my doubts and my, questions, then go to someplace else or use something else to try to fill me. And I don't, it's a strange thing to me that we've just ignored this in our, in our church calendar, in our spiritual discipline processes, in our small groups. Like I, I really don't understand it, but like I said, I do think the tide is changing, especially, especially when faced with the pandemic and all of the racial division in 2020, like, I think we all kind of went, wait, like, we have to be able to talk to God about this stuff and talk to each other about this stuff. Or like, what are we doing? Either God is here or none of it matters, you know? So, um, and then I, I also think like, let me get spiritual. I, I definitely think 
evil would want us to run to any other person or thing mm. than God to try to find the answers to our questions yeah. and to try to find the fulfillment of our longings. And so evil is going to try to really prevent us through any means necessary, including lies that it's somehow unfaithful to go to God, yeah. right? Um, in order to get our, our hearts kind of wrapped up in in idolatry and in other things in order to keep us from Jesus. I think that's it. I think the, we've often felt, I think in the Christian world, like we need to come to God perfectly. We need to come clean. clean. Mm -hmm. We need, yep. we need to, it's the same way we go to church. I have to put a smile on my face. Right. And mm -hmm. Jesus has lots of words to the Pharisees about a posture like this. We know the answers, but like, yeah, it does feel if you've been raised that way or you've kind of thought that way, it feels completely antithetical then to say, God wants to hear your questions. God's big enough to, mm -hmm. right? You've said it in counseling. I've probably said it. God's big yep. enough to handle your anger. God's yep. big enough. But that if you have this at all mindset that says, nope, I've got to have it all figured out. I've got to be mm -hmm. joy of the Lord. I've got to be all this. Right. Now right. I get to the spot. And I know this doesn't make logical sense, but people out there, we live this way. We end up thinking, I've got to pretend that I've got it all together yeah. with God, not just with people around me, but with God, right. even though we know right. that God knows and that somehow right. we've like projected like it's wrong or sinful mm -hmm. or something lesser to go to God and go, God, I've mm -hmm. got my doubts. I've got my questions. I'm angry yeah. about how this went yeah. versus a heavenly father saying, I want you to come to me. And I don't mm -hmm. know where that really comes from. Yeah. I mean, I, I, Again, I, I'm sure I'm sure researchers have kind of tracked when this changed, like historically in our faith, when we started. But I think it's got it's so and I love this about America, right, that we are very positive and we want the victory story and we want the like underdog story. So we don't like to dwell in the hardship. But I I think it is inauthentic of us to pretend like. We don't have questions and doubts. And we've said this before in the show. I do think there are a few people that have a, uh, have a spiritual gift of faith mm -hmm. and perhaps they actually don't have questions and doubts. But I think that is a very slim part of the population because, again, faith is just that. It's not certainty, right? Faith is entering into the mystery and going, okay, Lord, like with as much as I can, with the grace that you've given me, I'm going to trust that what you're saying is real, but I don't have all the answers and I don't have, I'm not questionless, like I, the resurrection is wild. And yet I'm putting my faith in this. I'm choosing to believe. And I think it's a gift of, it's a gift of grace that we can have such a relationship with God that we can do both yeah. the praise, the adoration, the worship, the joy, and the tears and the questions and the doubt, like God wants all of us. And so mm. we get that whole relationship with God, not just a, like a pretend or half-hearted one. That's right. That's right. So thought that would be an encouraging word there from Glenn Peckium as we continue to process the good news of Easter. We'll be back again tomorrow from 4 to 6 p.m. For Brian Fromm, I'm Aubrey Sampson, and you've been listening to The Common Good on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.